Hi, I'm Lauren Burdett, and you're listening to Life as Spiritual Practice, a podcast where we explore what it's like to experience ordinary aspects of life as ways to connect with the divine. This is the first episode of our second season, and I am so excited to be back. Our first season aired in January and February of this past year, and I knew at the time that there were more conversations that I wanted to have, starting with this conversation today with Luann Horstman. Luann is a retired licensed clinical social worker. She worked in private practice for years, specializing in work with people with trauma. She is a mom of three and a grandmother of five. She is a lifelong Catholic and a graduate of the Institute of Applied Meditation. And she's also my mom. Luann, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. So mom, your journey with singing is, um, is one of the inspirations for this podcast. And I am thrilled to learn more about it today and to share your story with other people. So tell me, um, tell me a little bit about singing and your relationship with it over your life and how that's changed. Um, as I was thinking about doing this recording over the last couple of days, I was remembering how early singing became important for me. Um, one of the first things that I remember trying to write, I was trying to write out the lyrics to a hymn because I wanted to send them to my best friend because wow. I wasn't sure if she was singing the same hymns that we were singing. And that was, um, I was in the first grade. Wow. So even, even then, um, music was kind of my way to connect to the divine and to other people. Mm. Um, and I feel like an important thing to say here is that I think I would have recognized the importance of singing much earlier if I had been gifted with a really good voice. Mm. Um, I wasn't. And I wasn't gifted with much natural music, musical talent. Like I have worked at a variety of musical instruments um, diligently. And I don't seem to have any natural talent that that ever ends up tapping into. Mm. You know, it stays kind of mechanistic. But in my soul, I'm connected to song. Mm and have been really all my life. I can remember, um, I always wanted to sing more, like um, at a campfire or um, any group singing situation. I wanted those people that could play the guitar or could lead the songs mm. to keep going, keep going, keep going. And- um, say, say more about that. What was it like? What were you experiencing that you were wanting keep going hmm. to me um, to sing with other people is hmm. just joy joy um, joy and depth like um, in so like in college, singing together with small groups of friends wasn't just joy. It was um, like mourning together, or connecting mm. together, um, singing, singing protest songs or singing Joni Mitchell songs, those, you know, songs that connected to mm. my idealism or songs that connected to the feelings of loss or change, um, dread, um, all of those, all of those experiences that you mm. feel so intensely um, at that age. And singing was just a way to wrap all of that up and and um, 
make you feel like you were participating in that with other mm. people, not alone. So there's a real sense of connection. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And, and it's been interesting to read some of the research that's come out in the last several years about how our, our hearts start to um, entrain together when we're singing and our brain waves start to fall into sync. Um, so that that connection is like biological as well as psychological and spiritual. Mm. Say, what does that, can you say a little more about what that means that our hearts entrain together? I actually don't know. That's okay. <laughs> I am imagining that it means that our hearts um, uh, sync up in some way. That yes. Yes. That our heart rates, our heart rates begin to align. I believe this is one of those things where I read the science and then just got the general yeah. idea and forgot the science. But I know that that, that science has been, um, my impression is that that science has been really important to you in, I don't know if validating is the right word, but in, in validating the importance of singing and the value of it in the sense yes. of, Oh, it's not, it's not just in my head or I'm not, imagining that something's happening here there's real physical biological changes that are occurring yes and especially like um in church settings mm -hmm. because i think while music has always been so important to me i have seen it as being kind of window dressing on the liturgy mm. you know that the the heart of the liturgy is obviously the Eucharist. Yeah. The other heart of the liturgy, kind of the, maybe the brain of the liturgy mm. is the scripture. And the songs were window dressing. Mm. But I don't feel that anymore. I, um, or I'm, I guess maybe I never felt it. But now I have um, reasons to believe that the singing is crucial mm -hmm. um, because the singing is what really forms the community in the moment, like in, mm. like enlivens it. Um, mm. Like we're all sitting there as separate cells and then we sing and, and the synapses begin to fire and we're connected and we are one, like physically one. Mm. And then that kind of, you know, that forms the atmosphere that then the readings fall into mm. and that the Eucharist grows out of. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. But it's this rich living embodiment. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's the, yeah, formation almost of the body of Christ around um, that if the, if the liturgy and the Eucharist are what is received, that the music helps create what is receiving. Yes. That is a um, deeply meaningful and well-stated sense of what music means, you know, of the importance of music. But I know, and you, you've already said this, that it took you a long time to be able to see and own its importance. And you named the barrier of um, not being naturally gifted in music, although I will say that your voice is stronger than I think you give yourself credit for. Thank you. Um, but that that was a barrier. Um, yeah. And the sense of music as window dressing, that it wasn't the actual meat of connection, that that was a barrier as well. Right. Were there, go ahead. I, I'm wondering what that stirs up for you. Yeah, well, I'm thinking that um, particularly where faith is yeah. concerned, um, I, I thought 
that faith was all about intellectual consent, um, intellectual agreement, and then action mm. um, coming from that, mm. from that belief system. And the beliefs that I was trying to um, assent to did not really resonate for me. Like it was very hard. Um, and I, I was apparently like a, an unusually, um, oh, what's the word? Um, like fact-based. Um, that's not the word that I want it. Um, the literal, literal, that's it. That's the word I'm looking for. Literal truth was like extremely important to me. So I remember even as, again, a first grader, I really struggling with the Pledge of Allegiance because it was clear to me that I was I was vowing to something that I didn't really understand. There were words in it that didn't make sense to me. And I watched all of my mm. classmates, you know, just confidently agreeing to words that I didn't understand. And I struggled with that. And I struggled in the same way with like the creed and, um, and I think, you know, the way our, faith was presented in religion class had more to do with, you know, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this. And mm -hmm. I was never sure that I did believe what I was saying that I believed. Mm -hmm. And music, so like church services would be full of me sitting there as a second grader, third grader, fourth grader, whatever, trying mm -hmm. to figure out how much of this how much I was lying, how many words was I, was I saying that I really, really didn't know that it was true, but I was saying that it was true. And mm. music just bypassed all of that and gave me mm. like a, like a quiet, um, a place to connect with something bigger than me, something greater than me, mm -hmm. without having to define all the specifics of that. Um, and I remember, like, when I was growing up, mm. Protestant hymns and Catholic hymns were, for the most part, quite different. You know, we didn't sing the same songs but I learned um, How Great Thou Art, which was definitely a Protestant song. But I loved it so much um, because it formed that bridge. It was like just, mm. just being present to nature. Mm -hmm. You know that there's a great creator behind that. And... I could connect with that, mm. that belief in the greatness of someone, some great source. And I could sing to that source. Mm. There's so much there. I hear, I hear in that discomfort with the Pledge of Allegiance and with the creed, this sense of um, isolation and, you know, looking around and seeing others say it, say it confidently without even thinking about it. And you're feeling like, wait a minute, what are we saying? And am I the only one who's wondering? Am I the only one who, who doesn't get it? And yeah, it was more that, like I assumed they had done the thinking through right. and had been able to resolve it. Mm. Like it didn't 
I don't think I, it, it really, I think it's only been in the last few years that I've realized that other people don't think the way that I think mm. about things like that. Like, okay, it's time to stand up and say these words. And most people just do that. Yeah. It's not, you know, it, they're not in that angsty thing. But I didn't realize that. I thought I thought everybody else had, like, had the angst and resolved it. Mm-hmm. Had somehow found that magic key. That yeah, it's... yeah. So they were, like, all ahead of me. And that yeah. makes, then, the connection and the community that you experience through singing that much more poignant and meaningful and needed. Yes. Mm. Yes. And that music helped you access that the creed that... Um, often these statements of faith, you know, and this intellectual consent is there's a box, right? Like that's kind of putting the divine into this box and that singing and hymns like how great thou art opened it, you know, yes. opened, freed this sense of, um, cause you might not have it all figured out, figured out, but you knew there was something great. Yes. Yes. And that, that you could connect with. Yes. Mm. Wow. And the connection, a place, um, you know, as a literal child, then I'm thinking about singing as a place of emotional connection. You know, I, I liked how you said it was both joy and it was grief and it was mourning. And it was um, that singing, uh, I don't know if you'd say gave access to, gave access to, opened up. Um, gave voice to these deep emotions. Yes. Yeah. And that expressing it um, felt good. You know, I think about that sense of, I want more. Yes. And so that deep knowing, I'm hearing mom, that deep knowing sat alongside then this sense, this, these intellectual voices of, but you're not really good at this. Mm but this isn't all that important. Yes. And right. can you share a little bit about, what do I want to say? Maybe about the healing from those voices. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I think a lot of the healing happened um kind of ironically through my failure as um, a participant in the Institute of Applied Meditation. And the, um, so that was a two-year program and I meditated every day for two years. And in almost every single meditation session, I ended up in tears. Um, because I was so bad at it. I could not, um, Hmm. yeah, I don't even know what I couldn't do. I couldn't, I couldn't articulate any experience that was coming out of it that Hmm. seemed to me to be helpful in any way. Um, I, so we would, uh, share our experience as a class, um, after we did our meditation homework and other people would be experiencing so many things and I wasn't experiencing any of those things and I was becoming Mm. more and more um, distressed because it, it was really important to me that I be good at this because I had decided to do it because I had had a recurrence of um, my ovarian cancer and I thought, well, if I, if I do this meditation program, which, which I was aware of because I had um, really gifted, wonderful mm-hmm. friends who were participating mm-hmm. in it and were gaining great benefit from it. And so I thought, well, okay, I'm going to do this program and mm-hmm. I will either learn how to heal myself mm-hmm. or I will learn how to die. I'm, you know, I, so I did this with that express intention. 
So there was so much at stake. Yeah, there was a lot at stake. And um, <laughs> I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't get past yeah. square one. I just, I, yeah, I just was miserable. And fortunately, a part of the program is that you have a mentor. And my mentor was incredibly patient with me mm. and worked and worked and worked with me to see the value in what I was doing. But finally said, you know, I think, I think this is not for you. I think, mm. I think singing is your spiritual path. And so singing is, is a part of the Institute of Applied Meditation, but, and it was the only part I could really mm. connect with, singing and dancing. And I could connect with mm. both of those. But the heart of the program I wasn't connecting with. So she said, stop. Um, stop meditating and start singing in your mm. daily practice sessions. And so to begin to view that as something um, that I could do by myself, mm. for one thing, that I didn't have to have other people there to keep me on tune, mm. um, and that I was taking seriously enough to devote time to it every day, mm. um, really changed my relationship wow. with... Um, with my voice to some extent, although I'm still, you know, I'm still uneasy about my voice, mm -hmm. but it, it definitely said to me, this, this is a value mm -hmm. on its own, not just as an intro into yes. something else. Yeah. What was it like for you when she said that? <laughs> probably mixed. Um, yeah. I think very freeing, very liberating. And I think also at the same time, I kind of absorbed, um, you can't you do know, this. that a part of it was, yeah, you're, you failed. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's a certain relief in failure too. Like it's <laughs> definitely better than continuing to beat your head against the wall. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a story in the Clarissa Pincola Estes book, um, mm -hmm. uh, To Run With the Wolves or something like that. I can't, I'm not sure of the title, but um, there's a story in there about someone is running from a, a skeleton that's chasing them. Mm. And the faster they go, the skeleton just is right behind them. And it turns out that the skeleton is like attached to the runner. Mm. And that's what I felt like during that meditation program. Like the faster I tried, you know, the harder I tried, the more, the more I was just getting beaten mm. up in the process by myself, mm -hmm. not by, you know, not by anybody else, by me. So it was a relief to stop. Mm. What's the skeleton? I guess I, either in the story or for you. Um, in the story, I don't know. For me, yeah, it's that whole, um, it's that whole uneasiness with faith mm. and inadequacy. Mm. Like somehow everybody else is getting this. And you are not getting mm -hmm. it. Um, th yeah, that um, there's a way to connect to the divine that works for everybody mm. but you. Mm. And yeah, the feeling you, you said earlier, alienation. Yes, alienation, inadequacy. Um, you're, you know, that somehow you're not chosen. Mm. And it was like, I, I guess I thought that by doing this program, I probably had a lot of false ideas about, you know, what it could be. But 
I think I thought that I could stop running mm. and really sink in, that this was going to be the time that I was really going to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to have it not work was terrible. Yeah. But then it did. But then to find, yeah, it did, and then it did. Yeah. Wow. Go ahead. You, I want to hear you articulate your thing to say then to find. Like that there's a door there. So you're, you know, facing this blank wall that you cannot get through. You cannot get through. Mm-hmm. And then to discover, well, there's a door right there. And actually you've been coming in and out of this door your whole life. Mm-hmm. But you weren't, you didn't know that was what you were doing. Wow. That sounds deeply healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could imagine that um, hearing from your mentor that, you know, meditation is not your path, singing is your path, that um, to hear that from someone who you value as spiritually wise helped helped you to take singing seriously to say, you know, because she wasn't saying to you, you're not ready for the graduate level. Why don't you stick at the basic singing <laughs> level? You know, she was saying, this is just one path and singing is another path. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing that has been really healing has been um, to participate in Threshold Choir. Mm, tell me about that. And, um, so that is an organization. It's a national organization. Actually, it's international now. Mm. An international organization um, that... Our motto is kindness made audible. And we sing for people who are um, mostly people who are very ill or dying Mm. and um, or people who are in transition in some other way in their lives. And we um, have our own repertoire of um, short kind of lullaby-like songs Mm. or chant-like songs. And I think of them as medicine songs. Mm. They're they're very, very, very healing songs, very comforting songs. Mm. And I'd heard about Threshold Choir, but I didn't think I had enough of a voice. Mm. But our local Threshold Choir said that if if when you hear about the mission of Threshold Choir, you get chills, Mm. that's your audition. And yeah, so when I heard about it, I did get chills. And um, so Mm. finally gave myself permission to go. And I remember shortly after I started, we um, had a regional gathering that that we host um, locally. And we sang all morning Mm. and then we're standing in the hall in line to go to the bathroom and people are still singing and we're walking to lunch and people are singing and i thought oh wow like i finally found those other people who want to sing that much Mm -hmm. you know who just um i felt like i had found my tribe like i belonged And you shared that feeling of more, 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 more. Yeah. Yes. And most of the people in Threshold Choir have much more musical ability and knowledge than I do. But our local group is so supportive Mm -hmm. and so kind. And they have really helped me have some confidence in my voice. Mm. 
Like I don't have a lot of strength as a, like holding my own part or um, singing by myself, but I, I blend really well. I have a good mm -hmm. ear and I can blend with other singers. And um, so I see, I can see my value in that. Um, and it's such, it's such a great way to be present to people um, who mm -hmm. like when you're in the in the room of a patient who is dying there's so much happening there um, and for the you know, for the patient, for the family, um, sometimes for the staff, sometimes for um, kind of the presences that are beginning to gather around. Mm. And song just kind of pours oil on that. Mm. Um, yeah. Like some of our songs, I think, express to the person who is dying some of the love and affection and gratitude that the family is feeling. Mm. And, mm. Um, you know, and not, not that they haven't verbalized it, they likely have, but there's something very beautiful about that being expressed through music. Yeah. And, you know, knowing that um, there's a good chance that the person who is dying is hearing it, mm -hmm. you know, that it's resonating in some way in their brain and in their heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's a great privilege to get to be present for yeah. that. Mm to be present, to be bearing witness, and to be a vehicle of connection, you know, to be, mm -hmm. yeah, carrying, the, carrying the love that surrounds this person, and to be a conduit for it in a way that might help it be received on different levels, you know, maybe in places that they haven't received it yet or yes mm. I'm struck mom you said you went into the institute of applied meditation to either heal yourself or prepare for your death and then as you've talked about um receiving singing as, as your spiritual practice and the role of threshold choir that you've talked about both healing, um, that these are healing songs and that it healed this place within you that didn't know it was walking back and forth through this door your whole life. And it's connected you with death and it's, yes, I hear you received what you were asking for. It just didn't look the way the way you thought it would look. Yes. Yeah, that is that is very true. Would you would you wanna share one of the threshold songs now or I can try. So this is um, this is one of my favorites. And it was written by Kate Munger, who is the um, founder of Threshold Choir. Mm. Anywhere I am can be holy forest. Anywhere I am can be sacred peace and quiet can be any 
Um, there's a book called, I think it's called Learning to Fall, and it was by um, a man who had ALS, and he, uh, he wrote this book, he was a young man, and he wrote this book as he was struggling with that debilitating and um, eventually terminal illness. And he talked about finding that place inside yourself that is um, holy and quiet, um, mm. that kind of a sanctuary, internal sanctuary. Mm. And that when, for him, when you meditate, as you begin to me build a meditation practice, it's like you're um, forging the path to that sanctuary. Mm. And so it's really hard to get there. But the more you travel that path, the easier it is mm. to find. And of course, as we know, actually meditation didn't do that for me, but singing does do that for me. I get, yeah. you know, I can, I, indeed I can sing that song and I can find that sanctuary inside, mm. you know, and we like, um, we sang threshold songs for, um, over a year at the local women's shelter and mm. that, you know, that is true, that in this place where they sing threshold songs in prisons and they sing threshold songs in hospice and in all of those places, um, it, this, this is true. Anywhere I am can be holy forest. Mm. I don't have to travel. I don't have to travel to to find that, mm. Mm. Um, and, you know, and at a personal level, that's important to me because travel is really challenging because of some of the, mm -hmm. you know, problems connected, some of the residual problems from the cancer make mm -hmm. travel really challenging, but I don't have to go anywhere to get to the most important place that I need to be. Mm. And, you know, and not just like, not just really hard places, but like, you know, sitting in traffic or um, being at the grocery store, you know, having to stand in line at any of those places are, can be a portal any place, any place, any moment. When, um, when I was in the hospital, um, I think maybe, maybe the last time I was in the hospital, I had started, I was singing every morning. Mm. Um, and on the last morning that I was there, the um, housekeeper, who was in the room asked, you know, what, what song is that that you've been singing? And I said, well, it's kind of a prayer song. And I sang it to her and she said, I have a prayer song. And she sang oh. her prayer song to me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can imagine what that moment held, but can you say a little bit about what it, what that meant for you? Mm -hmm. um, so, 
you feel, I, I felt silly as I was singing each morning. I mean, it was felt important to me, felt like I needed to do it, but I also felt a little ridiculous, I think. Um, again, one of those things where if I had one of those voices that everybody in the hospital would want to hear, I'd probably not feel ridiculous, but not having that, I did feel ridiculous. And to have her honor that practice Mm. and stop in her routine Mm. and share with me. And now we weren't, you know, a patient and a housekeeper we were souls. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, souls joining in praise to our creator. Yeah. You know, what a moment. Like, just kind of ripping through the mundane mm-hmm. to something really, really holy. And that, yeah, so profound and so deeply good. And you wouldn't have had it if you hadn't persisted, even though you felt silly, even though you felt uncomfortable. Yes. And I hear in that that this is a practice, that although it is a practice that brings you great joy and great connection, that it doesn't always feel that way, that there are times that, that you sing and you feel awkward, that there are times that you sing and you feel like, why am I doing this? Or, um, I just this morning, um, I loved this. I'm, I'm reading a book called the library book. Mm. Uh, and it's a wonderful book by the way, but, um, It's about the L.A. Public Library, Central Public Library. And the section that I read this morning was about the computer area where um, a lot of homeless and mentally ill people come uh, to use the computers. And so the author of the book was talking to the person who's in charge of that room And the person was talking about, well, we do have to enforce rules and sometimes that's hard. And um, so the author said, well, like what rules? And she said, well, they really like to sing and dance and that's not allowed. (laughs) (laughs) I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. I just loved that. What do you hear in that? Oh, you know, how great that, how great that they want to sing and dance. I, you know, let it be so that, Mm. that in these, you know, I mean, we, we, we think of their lives as being so, so, uh, bleak yeah and see they know that anywhere I am can be holy forest mm. um, I mean someone in some some among them at any rate have enough joy that they have to be constrained from singing mm. they know the portal of it yeah yeah. You talked about faith as a child, you know, thinking of it as this intellectual set of ideas that you consent to and live out. And I'm curious how um, how singing has has shaped your faith, or what you've how it's changed how you see God, or revealed to you more of who God is. Hmm. doesn't feel quite like that um it doesn't translate into knowledge that I can articulate I don't think Mm. 
Mm. I think it's more like like swimming um, mm. like swimming in the ocean mm. of connected being mm. and beginning to trust in that not because you understand how the molecules are doing what they're doing you know why why the molecules of your body can rest on the molecules of the water mm. but just that it's working you you know mm. you can float so like sometimes um i really connect with the lyrics and that's usually usually either when i'm expressing praise and it feels just right like it's really coming mm. from my heart to this great source of love or sometimes they're the comforting lyrics like be not afraid mm -hmm. you are mine you know sometimes it's those lyrics um but it feels like the deeper thing is that that I'm actually participating in a conscious mm. way in that divine presence that I know is always there but in this in those moments like I'm thinking about um, our deepening prayer group mm. and which is just a is just sung prayer it's, that's all that's all mm. we do is we sing and we sing for over an hour and it's deeply um, scripturally based meaningful lyrics but the there's just there's a passion in our singing that is is so deep and so connected mm. um, and I often feel when we come to the end I feel like um, like I've been through a washing machine like wow. I've gotten all shaken up and rinsed out and um, mm cleaned, cleared. Mm -hmm. And boy, that's been that that has been really good to have during, mm -hmm. um, you know, this kind of charged and stressful political time that we're living in. Mm. Say, say a little more about that. So this is a group that you started at, at your parish. Yes. Um, well, I first started, I actually started it in my home, a smaller mm -hmm. version of what became Deepening Group. I started in, in my home and I started it the night before my... Um, last uh, cancer surgery mm. um, because I had heard these songs this is this is connected to you because these are the mm. songs that came out of the house of St. Michael that mm. I connected with through you and I had just found the songs to be 
really spiritually powerful. Mm. Um, and I still find them to be really, really spiritually powerful. They were born out of um, a period of um, a lot of fasting and prayer and scripture study. And I think that you can feel that in them. I think all mm. of that power mm. um, remains present in those songs. And so I gathered a small group of friends and we started singing with the CD. Um, yeah. None of us play the guitar and none of us feel strong enough mm -hmm. to be the lead singer. So we just sing with the CD and we have a single prayer concern that we focus on mm. during each song. And, um, and we've done that monthly for seven years now. Wow. Um, and then I wanted to offer that to the parish. And so we've been doing that um, also monthly mm. at the parish. And um, we have a group of uh, maybe as small as eight, as large as 20 that come for that. Mm. And um, we just sing. And that I, I think mm. that... I think that's that's the key is we name our prayer concerns and then um, we pass a candle and so for each song we're focused on one person's prayer concern and we sing the same songs every month and mm. they've gotten really ingrained mm. and I gave everybody copies of the CDs and a lot of um, some of them, you know, carry them around in their mm. car and kind of keep the songs going all the mm. time. Um, and then at the end, we carry the candle up and put it with the votive candles. And so the prayer concerns are kind mm. of there um, for the days that it takes for the candle to burn down. Mm. And it's, um, oh gosh, you know, we, we kind of sing out and it's, uh, again, you know, kind of going back to the beginning, it's, you can feel it physically, like it's mm. changing you physically mm. as well as connecting emotionally, spiritually, mentally. And it's a powerful thing to have somebody hold a prayer concern for you through a song like that, mm. you know. Um, mm. There's force and movement and energy. Yes. Behind it. You know, I'm just thinking about how it's different, not to negate, you know, silent prayer or spoken prayer, but that there's flow. You know? Yes. yes. Hmm. And that's a form of connection. You know, and you, you said in these politically divisive times, and um, I agree with you, you know, and a beautiful thing often about our church communities is that, that people are coming with different beliefs and different views and different political views, but that can also be a painful thing. Yes particularly right now in that song and liturgy creates a space of um, practice, lived, embodied, real connection. Yes. Mm. What a gift. It's interesting. Sometimes when... Um, like I meet with the leadership group for Threshold Choir and sometimes when we're getting at odds about something or stressed about the topic, um, someone will say, let's, let's sing, mm. let's sing. And just stopping for a moment and singing mm. um, reorients the conversation, mm. you know, unites our hearts again. 
and settles us. Mm. And I, in a different way, then let's, let's stop and take a few breaths, Mm -hmm. which is obviously also a good practice. But I have to confess that when I'm taking those breaths, I'm often strengthening my argument in my mind, like, you know, I'm deep breathing all the reasons that I'm right. (laughs) But when I'm singing, I can't do that. Yeah. It's just not possible. It's more disruptive. Yes. Of that internal tightening, you know, that. Yes. Yes. You're inspiring me to want to try it. I have often been in settings and, um, coming out of Ignatian spirituality, often use, you know, contemplative pause. Let's take a contemplative pause and breathe. Um, But I've never said, let's take a, let's take a contemplative song. Let's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do it. (laughs) I'll have to practice with you. I'll have to practice some songs with you that I can, that I can break out. Um, That would be great. We can do that. Okay. Mom, I hear, um, I'm really glad that you shared about deepening. That is such a gift that you have offered to others. And I think about, you know, for you learning that, oh, there's been this door, there's been this door that you have been going through all along. And um, yeah, that your mentor helped you see that, that threshold choir helps you to live into that. And then through deepening, you're opening the door for others. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. And that's a beautiful way to put it. Thank you. You're welcome. Was there um are there any stories about singing you didn't get to share or anything else you were wanting to say mm-hmm. that you haven't? Um, the, the thing that comes to mind is, um, I remember, um, I would attach to songs when I was little, Mm -hmm. I was thinking this morning about, um, one of those was, um, uh, I think the name of the song is Mariah. It's um, a way out west. They have their names for rain and wind and fire. Mm. Anyway, I connected to that song. I was either in mm. uh, second or third grade. And I, you know, I sang it like relentlessly. And it was... It was like reaching for some beauty um, Mm. and some depth. Mm. And I think that that is an experience that many other people have. Like, Like I'm thinking of a client who talked to me about she connected to um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow and sang it and sang it and sang it. And it's like like an articulation of a yearning that that song gave me and other songs over the years gave me. you know, long before I recognized, like the validity and importance of that. It was, it was something I was mm. practicing without knowing that was what I was doing. Yeah. Mm. I hear. Yeah. I was going to say, I hear in that an invitation um, to me and to people listening to, to reflect on our own experience with song. And to look back now with this lens of um, honor Mm -hmm. for the role of music and the role of singing and 
holding that lens to look back at what are those songs that um, that were portals before we even knew they were portals. Yes. Yes. Wow. Mom, thank you so much. You are welcome. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, even though it did make me very nervous. I know. You did great. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you, listeners, for exploring with us today. You can find links to learn more about Threshold Choir and other resources that Luann mentioned in our show notes. I hope that today's conversation inspires you to play with spiritual practices in your daily life, and particularly right now to explore singing and the role of music and how you connect with the divine. If you do, I'd love to hear about it. You can reach me via my website, laurenburdett.com. If you enjoyed the conversation, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. That will help other listeners to find us. Finally, our music, as always, is from the album Solace by the band This Side of Eve. And you can find all of their music at thissideofeve.bandcamp.com. I heard during the first season that weekly episodes, while good for some podcasts, are a bit are a bit much for the depth that that this podcast is bringing to the world. And so, to respect you as a listener, and me and my time, we'll now be sharing episodes every other week. So I will be back in two weeks with a new conversation. Thanks again for listening.